Hello and welcome to the Troll and Nightingale. I am Angela and I'm here to read you some poetry today by Edgar Allan Poe. I hope you enjoy. The Valley of Unrest Once it smiled a silent dell where the people did not dwell. They had gone unto the wars, trusting to the mild-eyed stars, nightly from their azure towers, to keep watch above the flowers, in the midst of which all day the red sunlight lazily lay. Now each visitor shall confess the sad valley's restlessness. Nothing there is motionless, nothing save the airs that brood over the magic solitude. Ah, by no wind are stirred those trees that palpitate like the chill seas around the misty Hebrides. Ah, but no wind those clouds are driven that rustle through the unquiet heaven uneasily from morn till even over the violets there that lie in myriad types of the human eye, over the lilies there that wave and weep above a nameless grave. They wave, from out their fragrant tops eternal dews come down in drops, they weep, from off their delicate stems perennial tears descend in gems. The Lake, too. In spring of youth it was my lot to haunt of the wide world a spot, the which I could not love the less. So lovely was the loneliness of a wild lake with black rock bound and tall pines that towered around. But when the night had thrown her pall upon that spot, as upon all, and the mystic wind went by, murmuring in melody, then, ah, then I would awake to the terror of the lone lake. Yet that terror was not fright, but a tremulous delight, a feeling not the jeweled mind could teach or bribe me to define, nor love, although the love were thine. Death was in that poisonous wave, and in its gulf a fitting grave, for him who thence could solace bring to his lone imagining, whose solitary soul could make an Eden of that dim lake. The Happiest Day, The Happiest Hour The happiest day, the happiest hour, my seared and blighted heart hath known, the highest hope of pride and power I feel hath flown. Of power, said I, yes, such I ween, but they have vanished long, alas, the visions of my youth have been, but let them pass. And pride, what have I now with thee? Another brow may even inherit the venom thou hast poured on me, be still, my spirit. The happiest day, the happiest hour mine eyes shall see, have ever seen, the brightest glance of pride and power I feel have been. But were that hope of pride and power now offered with the pain, even then I felt that brightest hour I would not live again. For on its wing was dark alloy, and as it fluttered fell, an essence powerful to destroy a soul that knew it well. Catholic Hymn At morn, at noon, at twilight dim, Maria, thou hast heard my hymn. In joy and woe, in good and ill, Mother of God, be with me still. When the hours flew brightly by, And not a cloud obscured the sky, My soul, lest it should truant be, Thy grace did guide to thine and thee. Now when storms of fate o'ercast, Darkly my present and my past, Let my future radiant shine With sweet hopes of thee and thine. Evening Star 
"'Twas noontide of summer and midtime of night, "'and stars in their orbit shone pale through the light "'of the brighter cold moon, mid-planets, her slaves, "'herself in the heavens, her beam on the waves. "'I gazed a while on her cold smile, too cold, too cold for me. "'There passed as a shroud a fleecy cloud, "'and I turned away to thee, proud evening star, "'in thy glory afar, and dearer thy beam shall be. For joy to my heart is the proud part thou bearest in heaven at night, and more I admire thy distant fire than the colder lowly light. Stanzas How often we forget all time when lone admiring nature's universal throne, her woods, her wilds, her mountains, the intense reply of hers to our intelligence. In youth have I known one with whom the earth in secret communing held, as he with it, in daylight and in beauty from his birth, whose fervid flickering torch of life was lit from the sun and stars whence he had drawn forth a passionate light, such for his spirit was fit. And yet that spirit knew not in the hour of its own fervor what had overpower it. Perhaps it may be that my mind is wrought to a fever by the moonbeam that hangs o'er, but I will half believe that wild light fraught with more of sovereignty than ancient lore hath ever told, or is it of a thought, the unembodied essence, and no more, that with a quickening smell doth o'er us pass as dew of night-time o'er the summer grass? Doth o'er us pass when as the expanding eye to the loved object, so the tear to the lid will start, which lately slept in apathy, and yet it need not be that object hid from us in life, but common which doth lie each hour before us, but then only bid with a strange sound as of harp-string broken, to awake us, tis a symbol and a token, of what in other worlds shall be given, and given in beauty by our God, to those alone who otherwise would fall from life and heaven, drawn by their heart's passion and that tone, that high tone of the spirit which has striven, though not with faith, with godliness, whose throne with desperate energy it hath but beaten down, wearing its own deep feeling as a crown. Spirits of the Dead Thy soul shall find itself alone mid dark thoughts of the gray tombstone, not one of all the crowd to pry into thine hour of secrecy. Be silent in that solitude which is not loneliness, for then the spirits of the dead who stood in life before thee are again in death around thee, and their will shall overshadow thee but still. The night, though clear, shall frown, and the stars shall not look down from their high thrones in the heaven with light like hope the mortals given, but the red orbs without being to thy weariness shall seem as a burning and a fever which would cling to thee forever. Now our thoughts thou shalt not banish, now our visions ne'er to vanish. From thy spirit shall they pass no more like a dewdrop from the grass. The breeze, the breath of God, is still, and the mist upon the hill, shadowy, shadowy, yet unbroken, is a symbol and a token. How it hangs upon the trees, a mystery of mysteries. Song I saw thee on thy bridal day, when a burning blush came o'er thee, though happiness around thee lay, the world all love before thee. 
and in thine eye a kindling light, whatever it might be, was all on earth my aching sight of loveliness could see. That blush perhaps was made in shame, and as such it well may pass, though its glow hath raised a fiercer flame in the breast of him, alas, who saw thee on that bridal day, when that deep blush would come o'er thee, though happiness around thee lay, the world all love before thee. 2. The bowers whereat in dreams I see the wantonest singing birds, our lips, and all thy melody of lip-begotten words. Thine eyes in heaven of heart enshrined, then desolately fall, O God, on my funeral mind, like a starlight on a pall. Thy heart, thy heart, I wake and sigh, and sleep to dream till day, of the truth that gold can ne'er buy, of the baubles that it may. Fairyland. Dim veils and shadowy floods and cloudy-looking woods, whose forms we can't discover, for the tears that drip all over huge moons their waxen mane, again, 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 every moment of the night forever changing places, and they put out the starlight with the breath from their pale faces. About twelve by the moon-dial, one more filmy than the rest, a kind which, upon trial, they have found to be the best, comes down, still down and down, with its center on the crown of a mountain's eminence, while its wide circumference and easy drapery falls over hamlets, over halls, wherever they may be, or the strange woods, or the sea, or the spirits on the wing, over every drowsy thing, and buries them up quite in a labyrinth of light, and then how deep, oh deep, is the passion of their sleep. In the morning they arise, and their moony covering is soaring in the skies with the tempestus as they toss like almost anything, or a yellow albatross. They use that moon no more for the same end as before, videlescent tent which I think extravagant, its atomies, however, into the shower dissever, of which those butterflies of earth who seek the skies and so come down again, never counted things, have brought a specimen upon their quivering wings. Dreamland By a route obscure and lonely, haunted by ill angels only, where the Elon named night on a black throne reigns upright. I have reached these lands but newly from the ultimate dim thule, from a wild, weird climb that lieth sublime out of space, out of time. Bottomless vales and boundless floods and chasms and caves and titan woods, with forms that no man can discover for the tears that drip all over mountains toppling evermore into the seas without a shore. Seas that restlessly aspire, surging unto skies of fire. Lakes that endlessly outspread their lone waters, lone and dead, their steel waters still and chilly, with the snows of the lolling lily. By the lakes that thus outspread their lone waters, lone and dead, their sad waters, sad and chilly, with the snows of the lolling lily. By the mountains near the river, murmuring lowly, murmuring ever, by the grey woods, by the swamp, where the toad and the newt encamp, by the dismal tarns and pools, where dwell the ghouls, by each spot the most unholy, in each nook most melancholy, there the traveller meets aghast, sheeted memories of the past, shrouded forms that start and sigh as they pass the wanderer by, 
white-robed forms of friends long given in agony to the earth and heaven. For the heart whose woes are legion, tis a peaceful, soothing region. For the spirit that walks in shadow, tis, oh, tis an Eldorado. But the traveler traveling through it may not, dare not openly view it. Never its mysteries are exposed to the weak human eye unclosed. So will its king, who hath forbid the uplifting of the fringed lid, and thus the sad soul that here passes behold it but through darkened glasses. By a route obscure and lonely, haunted by ill angels only, where the Edelon, named Night, on a black throne reigns upright, I have wandered home but newly from this ultimate dim Thule. For Annie, thank heaven the crisis, the danger is past, and the lingering illness is over at last, and the fever called living is conquered at last. Sadly, I know I am shorn of my strength, and no muscle I move as I lie at full length, but no matter, I feel I am better at length. And I rest so composedly now in my bed that any beholder might fancy me dead, might start at beholding me, thinking me dead. The moaning and groaning, the sighing and sobbing are quieted now with that horrible throbbing at heart. Ah, that horrible, horrible throbbing. The sickness, the nausea, the pitiless pain have ceased with the fever that maddened my brain, with the fever called living that burned in my brain. Ah, oh, of all torture, that torture was the worst, has abated that terrible torture of thirst, for the naphthaline river of passion accursed, I have drunk of a water that quenches all thirst, of a water that flows with a lullaby sound from a spring but a very few feet underground, from a cavern not very far down underground. And ah, let it never be foolishly said that my room, it is gloomy and narrow my bed, for a man never slept in a different bed, and to sleep you must slumber in just such a bed. My tantalized spirit here blandly reposes, forgetting or never regretting its roses, its old agitations of myrtles and roses. For now, why so quietly lying, it fancies a holier odor about it of pansies, a rosemary odor, commingled with pansies, with brew and beautiful Puritan pansies. And so it lies happily, bathing in many a dream of the truth and the beauty of Annie, drowned in a bath of the tresses of Annie. She tenderly kissed me, she fondly caressed, and then I fell gently to sleep on her breast, deeply to sleep from the heaven of her breast. When the light was extinguished, she covered me warm, and she prayed to the angels to keep me from harm, to the queen of the angels to shield me from harm. And I lie so composedly now in my bed, knowing her love, that you fancy me dead, and I rest so contentedly now in my bed, with her love at my breast, that you fancy me dead, that you shudder to look at me, thinking me dead. But my heart, it is brighter than all the many stars in the sky, for it sparkles with Annie, it glows with the light of the love of my Annie, with the thought of the light of the eyes of my Annie. Alone. From childhood's hour I have not been as others were, I have not seen as others saw, I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source I have not taken my sorrow, I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone, and all I loved, I loved alone. That in my childhood, in the dawn of a most stormy life, 
was drawn from every depth of good and ill the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm and the cloud that took the form when the rest of heaven was blue of a demon in my view. Tamerlane, kind solace in a dying hour, such father is not now my theme. I will not madly deem that power of earth may shrive me of my sin, Unearthly pride hath reveled in. I have no time to dote or dream. You call it hope, that fire of fire, but it is but agony of desire. If I can hope, oh God, I can. It's the fount is holier, more divine. I would not call thee fool, old man, but such is not a gift of thine. Know thou the secret of a spirit bowed from its wild pride into shame. O oh, yearning heart, I did inherit thy withering portion with the fame, the searing glory which hath shone amid the jewels of my throne. Halo of hell, and with a pain, not hell shall make me fear again. O oh, craving heart for the lost flowers and sunshine of my summer hours, the undying voice of that dead time with its interminable chime rings in the spirit of the spell upon the emptiness a knell. I have not always been as now the fevered diadem on my brow. I claimed and won unsurprisingly. Hath not the same fierce heirdom given Rome to the Caesar this to me? The heritage of a kingly mind and a proud spirit which hath striven triumphantly with humankind. On mountain soil I first drew life. The mist of the taglay have shed. Nightly there dews upon my head, and I believe the winged strife and tumult of the headlong air have nestled in my very hair. So late from heaven that dew it fell, mid dreams of an unholy night, upon me with the touch of hell, while the red flashing of the light from clouds that hung like banners or appeared to my half-closing eye, the pageantry of monarchy, and the deep trumpet thunder's roar came hurriedly upon me, telling of human battle where my voice, my own voice, silly child, was swelling. Oh, how my spirit would rejoice and leap within me at the cry. The battle cry of victory. The rain came down upon my head unsheltered, and the heavy wind rendered me mad and deaf and blind. It was but man, I thought, who shed laurels upon me, and the rush, the torrent of the chilly air, gurgled within my ear the crush of empires with the captive's prayer, the hum of suitors and the tone of flattery around a sovereign's throne. My passions from that hapless hour usurped a tyranny which men have deemed since I have reached to power my innate nature, be it so. But, Father, there lived one who then, then, in my boyhood, with their fire burned with a still intenser glow, for passion must with youth expire, even then when, who knew this iron heart and woman's weakness had a part? I have no words, alas, to tell the loveliness of a loving well, nor would I now attempt to trace the more than beauty of face whose lineaments upon my mind are a shadow on the unstable wind, Thus I remember having dealt some page of early lore upon with loitering eye till I have felt the letters with their meaning melt to fantasies with none. Oh, she was worthy of all love, love as an infancy was mine. T'was such an, as angels' minds above might envy, her young heart the shrine on which my every hope and thought were incense, 
and then a goodly gift, for they were childish and upright, pure as her young example taught. Why did I leave it and adrift, trust to the fire within for light? We grew in age and love together, roaming the forest and the wild, my breast her shield in wintry weather, and when the friendly sunshine smiled and she would mark the opening skies, I saw no heaven but in her eyes. Young love's first lesson is the heart, for amid that sunshine and those smiles, when from our little cares apart and laughing at her girlish wiles, I'd threw me on her throbbing breast and pour my spirit out in tears. There was no need to speak the rest, no need to quiet any fears of her who asked no reason why, but turned on me her quiet eye. Yet more than worthy of the love my spirit struggled with and strove, when on the mountain peak alone ambition lent it a new tone. I had no being but in thee, the world in all it did contain, in the earth, the air, the sea, its joy, its little lot of pain. That was new pleasure, the ideal, dim vanities of dreams by night, and dimmer nothings which were real. Shadows, and a more shadowy light, parted upon their misty wings, and so confusedly became thine image and a name, a name, two separate yet most intimate things. I was ambitious, have you known, the passion, father? You have not. A cottager I marked a throne of half the world as all my own, and murmured at such lowly lot, but just like any other dream upon the vapor of the dew, my own had passed, did not the beam of beauty which did while it throw, the minute, the hour, the day oppressed my mind with double loveliness. We walked together on the crown of a high mountain which looked down afar from its proud natural towers of rock and forest on the hills, the dwindled hills begirt with bowers and shouting with a thousand reels. I spoke to her of power and pride, but mystically in such a guise that she might deem it not beside. The moment's converse in her eyes I read perhaps too carelessly, a mingled feeling with my own, the flush on her bright cheek, to me seemed to become a queenly throne, to well, that I should let it be, light in the wilderness, alone. I wrapped myself in grandeur then, and donned a visionary crown, yet it was not that fantasy had thrown her mantle over me, but that among the rabble men lie in ambition is chained down, and crouches to a keeper's hand, not so in deserts where the grand, the wild, the terrible conspire, with their own breast to fan his fire. Look round thee now on Summerkand. Is not she queen of earth, her pride above all cities, in her hand their destinies? In all beside of glory which the world hath known, stands she not nobly alone? Falling her various stepping-stone, shell from the pedestal of a throne, and who her sovereign? Timur, he whom the astonished people saw striding o'er empires haughtily, a diademed outlaw. O oh, human love, thou spirit given of earth, of all we hope in heaven, which fallest into the soul like rain upon the Siroc withered pain, and failing in thy power to bless, but leavest the heart a wilderness, idea which blindest life around with music of so strange a sound and beauty of so wild a birth, farewell, for I have won the earth. When Hope, the eagle that towered, could see no cliff beyond him in the sky, his pinions were bent droopingly, and homeward turned his softened eye. T'was sunset, when the sun will part, there comes a sullenness of heart to him who still would look upon the glory of the summer sun. 
That soul will hate the evening mist so often lovely and will list to the sound of the coming darkness, known to those whose spirits hearken as one who in a dream of night would fly but cannot from a danger nigh. What though the moon, the white moon, shed all the splendor of her noon, her smile is chilly and her beam, in that time of dreariness, will seem so like you gather in your breath a portrait taken after death. And boyhood is a summer sun whose waning is the dreariest one, for all we live it to know is known, and all we seek to keep hath flown. Let life then as the day flower fall with the noonday beauty which is all, I reached my home, my home no more, for all had flown who made it so. I passed from out its mossy door, and though my tread was soft and low, a voice came from the threshold stone of one whom I had earlier known. Oh, I defy thee, hell, to show on beds of fire that burn below a humbler heart, a deeper woe. Father, I firmly do believe, I know, for death who comes for me from regions of the blessed afar, where there is nothing to deceive, hath left his iron gate ajar, and rays of truth you cannot see are flashing through eternity. I do believe that Eblis hath a snare in every human path, else how, when in the holy grove I wondered of the idle love, who daily scents its snowy wings with incense of burnt offerings, from the most unpolluted things, whose pleasant bowers are yet so riven above with trellised rays from heaven, no moat may shun, no tiniest fly, the lightning of his eagle eye. How was it that ambition crept unseen amid the revels there, till growing bold he laughed and leapt in the tangles of love's very hair? This has been poetry from the collected works of Edgar Allan Poe. I hope you enjoyed.